This week's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Comixology. Are you tired of your favorite movies getting pushed back again and again and again and being stuck inside and not being able to do anything or go see anything fun? Check out Comixology.com. Read all the stories that all of these movies are based on and get in the know. Comixology.com. Sign up for a free Comixology Unlimited trial and you can read everything. You can read The Boys. You can read Lock and Key. You can read Batman. You can read whatever you want. Visit infamouspodcast.com slash comicsology to sign up today. Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. And this is Daryl. And Daryl, today we celebrate beginnings and endings. A cornucopia of emotions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Uh, All right, so we are... uh, First off, I want to apologize for my voice. I don't have COVID. I'm pretty sure I have bronchitis again, like I get every year at this time for everyone who's been listening for a long time. So, uh, yeah, Daryl's going to talk a whole lot more than I do this week. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, so this week we have the season five premiere of The Expanse on Amazon Prime, which dropped on Wednesday. And then we have the season two finale of The Mandalorian, which dropped today, um, which is December 18th and December 16th for The Expanse, respectively. So, yeah, no news bites. We're just going to talk about this stuff um, because there's so much to unpack. And then, oh, sorry. I I was was going to say, then we'll do episodes two and three of The Expanse um, midweek before. you know, so so that we're going to cover everything because the expanse is going back to this. So they release the first three, and then they're going back to a weekly um, schedule. And speaking of that, just a you know a little PSA: just because you don't like a review schedule for a show, don't review bomb the show. Come on, let's go, let's go, people, be smart. Who's That's, review bombing? I don't know. Oh, uh, they're review bombing the expanse for being weekly. Yes, yeah, kind of like they did mm-hmm. with the boys. Yeah. See, I like I like the way they're doing it. Um, yeah, it, it makes me happy. It gives me something to look forward to on Tuesday nights because it came out at nine o'clock on Tuesday night, like the boys <laughs> did on Thursday nights. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I had to, you know, I was. It was funny when I sent you that message. I had just picked up my Penn Station for dinner, mm-hmm. and I'm just kind of going through. I was like, you know what? Let me check Amazon Prime while I'm walking to the car, and I saw I see it, and I was like. Yes, I need to text Brian right yeah. now. I was watching so. uh, IRL, and I was like, I, I, I watched a little bit more after that. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I can watch this tomorrow. <laughs> was the expanse? It was like whispering in your ear. It was. It was like, Holden was like, Brian, come watch me. You have. Okay, that's that's, <laughs> that's a little weird. Actually, it was, it, was, uh, it was Amos saying, watch me or I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much damage i can do to you if you don't watch me right now <laughs> exactly all right quick question though like what what do you get from penn station i what did i get like, what's I, your typical actually, order i usually get the um pizza sub with fries oh, really? and either a lemonade or the sweet tea mm. this time i actually went with just the straight up philly cheesesteak nice i uh so. i like cheesesteak just cheese mayonnaise and teriyaki um and then obviously like fries and then if i do a drink i get half sweet tea half lemonade a little arnold, arnold is that arnold palmer? i think that's an arnold palmer but i just asked for half sweet tea half lemonade so 
that's actually yeah i've never actually thought about doing that there yeah because they're lemonade well both their tea and their lemonade is really good so oh yeah Um, i I got a uh, a gallon or a half gallon of their lemonade oh yeah yeah (laughs) yep um all right so let's start with the expanse like let's go with beginnings and then because i feel like we have a lot more to unpack with mandalorian um oh yeah yeah so wow (laughs) what a great first episode i was telling you before we we started it um it stuck pretty close to the book um like in a a really good way uh and and it it, it was it was a good episode It, it set the table for everything it moved the pieces of I'll call them the power pieces of the Rosinante crew around the board, um, setting up the rest of the season. Um, And I can see, so it's 10 episodes. They're doing 10 this season. Okay. So I can see where, I kind of see where they're going to go, especially after the second two episodes. But the first episode, you kind of see the direction that they're going to go in line with the book. Yes. And, 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 and they do a little bit like they bring, well, it looks like they're going to bring in some of Amos's short story as well. Yeah, the churn. Yeah, uh, but like one of the things I always say about Supernatural, you know, rip to that show after 15 years. But Supernatural did such a great job with season finales. What the Expanse does, they do it does such well. First of all, the episode cliffhangers that it usually gives us, or it's given us over the years, is always good. But they do such a good job resetting the universe um, and kind of, like you said, putting the pieces where they need to be. And I like the little time jumps they do. Like, So this one was started, I think, 170-something days, almost like, what, almost six months after we last saw yeah, Marco. Was, yeah, like 100, I think it's at 173 or something weird right. like that. So, yeah. So I really like that because it it's kind of like a palate cleanser and it gives you a good idea of yeah okay. Even though we left with we left we left off here, you know it gives a, it gives you a moment to ramp up and that's why I like this episode. It's like you said it's it is sticking close to the books, but also it gives you a clear and it gives us a pretty clear picture of the character arcs at least the first part of the character arcs for all our you know our Rossi crew. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one of the things I really like about the expanse in general. And then this episode kind of typifies that ability to restart and say, okay, okay, audience, this is what, this is where we left off. This is where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it was cool. Um, you know, it, it was, you know, we got, we got, we got a couple see, I felt like they shared a little too much of this episode on YouTube. Um, I as much as I enjoyed the scene with Avasarala and and Amos on Luna, like I wish I had not watched that on YouTube first and had seen it here, because it is such a cool scene. Yeah, and I don't know why I watched it because I didn't do that last year with kind of the clips. I because I think they you know I usually don't watch clips of shows anymore before they. Especially if they're going to premiere in like a week or two. Yeah. Now, if it was something like maybe a month and a half out to kind of like whet my appetite for it, I might watch it. But yeah, if it's just, if it's, I don't know why I did that. I, cause I usually don't do that. Yeah. So, you know, 
I don't know. So the book that this one is based off is called Nemesis Games. Um, this is definitely the most action-packed book, I think, of all of them, just because of the tragedy that happens without spoiling too much for, for people who, who haven't read the books. Um, I will say I did really like – I loved Al, uh, Alex in the razor Razorback. Um, Showing I, want, I wanted bit. to say Razorcrest. Um, yeah. In the Razorback, and they're like, all right, Razorcrest, that's enough. And he's like, just showing you how it's done. And <laughs> and then I love the snarkiness of the Martians. He's like, it's been a while since you've been dust side. Uh, good thing you didn't bring the Tashi. We wouldn't have let you land. It's like, oh, yeah. dude. Like, that's still like, <laughs> they're still so butthurt about the legitimate salvage of the Tashi. Now there is not a. Yes, remember, legitimate salvage. Legitimate salvage. And uh, I love it when, when Bobby throws that line back at him about the razor, uh, the razor bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, that's I not in I... this episode. That's a, that's in episode two, I think. But right. Um, but yeah, so it, it was really, it was really, really good. I, I, <laughs> I, I think we're gonna see a theme with uh, Avasarella though of her offering people drinks and them not drinking them. Yes, um, because it happened multiple times in this episode, and then it happened again a couple episodes down the line. Um, but no, the the start of this one was great because we got to see Philip in action um, and kind of what a a right little bastard he is with that uh, science station ship on Venus and. You know that was uh, that was really really cool. Yeah, it was, and yeah, like you said, he's a right bastard, and just like Marco, in the sense of you know the actor playing Marco and his actions just made me despise him. Even mm -hmm. though I I just love watching him talk, yeah. even though I can't stand what he's saying. Philip has that has that same I get I had that same reaction with Philip. Like, you know, he, you know, once he had the, the crew of that science lab killed, it's like, dude, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay the price for that. Right. Like, so, uh, Jasai, I guess that's how you say his name. J-A-S-A-I. Jasai. Jasai. Uh, Jasai says Owens. Right. Let's just call him, um, Mr. Owens, who plays Philip. Like, he's a relatively young actor. Uh, I don't, he hasn't been in a ton of stuff that I saw on his, his IMDb when I was looking things up, but Man, he's got like he's got like the charisma thing. Like they picked a real and, and they picked a great like actor who looks between Dominic Tipper and Neon. Uh, I'm sorry, Keon uh, Alexander, who plays Marcos. Um, like he like he absolutely could be their kid. Yeah, I remember seeing that last year when they showed you know when they were before I deleted my Twitter and was actually following them on Twitter. I remember seeing pictures of him thinking. I think it was, you know, before he showed up in the finale last year thinking, man, this kid. Yeah. He, he could definitely be, you know, from their DNA. And yeah, he, he, he exhibits that same type of confidence that Marco has, mm -hmm. but I would say from so far, it seems like he's a little bit less. And I'm just talking about this episode like Marco, like the end of this episode, when you see Marco's eyes, it it comes across as like you know nothing's really there from a human human standpoint. Right. He's he's almost an alien at this point. Right. But I think there is still Philip has not gone you know completely over to the dark side. Mm -hmm. You know, preview. But yeah, still after you know after killing those scientists, I just 
we've really had a it's going to be tough to root for him to come back right but um yeah yeah and it's, one of the it's things, gonna be really hard for him to come back yeah and you know one of the things i wrote down about this episode it was all about revisiting the past for you know three of our main characters mm-hmm. while whole well in a way holden did too yeah for and you know we'll get into that you know the, his confrontation with fred about the proto molecule and such but it, it, yeah, it was about revisiting the past and, you know, some things of some things you can't fix. And Bobby had a good line about that. Uh, you know, it's when she was talking to Alex. But, mm-hmm. you know, or everybody, all all four of our peep, peeps, especially the three that are going off world or, you know, off station, are literally going into the past mm-hmm. to kind of rectify things that mistakes they've made. And I thought that was a very, you know, that was, you know, that was kind of, that was the overriding theme of, you know, this episode, which happily titled Exodus. Yeah. So I thought it was weird that it was called Exodus, but uh, at the same time, it, it kind of makes sense. Um, you know, I, I think the cool thing with Holden was uh, bringing Monica back, Monica Stewart, um, right. played by Anna Hopkins. Um I, like when she was shooting the the documentary on the Rossi before Angel, uh, Angel before Amos, uh, Amos, a- Amos, Amos shoved them out the airlock in the uh, in the uh, the quiet place, whatever. Um, like her, the chemistry of the two of them together was really good too because it's very adversarial and that hasn't changed. And no. and and it was great too watching them interact in the bar. When she's like, yeah, we're off the record. Yeah, she's still recording everything. Um, but then also knowing her arc uh, in the next two episodes, which I'm not going to spoil today. Um, it, it was just really, really cool. And I loved it when he was like, yeah, this place is known for the the ramen he was eating. And he's like, it's the best this side of the series. And when he gets up and leaves, she like she thinks about it for a second. And then she takes it and she eats it. And she's just like, yeah. <laughs> I love that just little comedic moment right there where she's just like, yeah, he won't talk to me. It was just this tiny bit of hesitation. It's like, nice. Yeah. And, and I, uh, I, I, it was good to see her back. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we had her last season with the, um, right. You know, um, the, or not last season, season before. So yeah, having her back was, was really, really good. Um, I, I did. It's very oh. important that she was back because she kind of kicked off, you know, you know, holding, mm-hmm. you know, getting back into it. Let's just say. Yep. Um. And I liked having Michael Urbe as uh, Admiral Delgado, who he was on um the unit with Wes Chatham. Which, uh, by the way, which I is just, an excellent show. I just started rewatching that oh, the other day. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's yeah. It's on IMDb for free so oh uh yeah. i think it's on check that out. if it's not on prime it's on hulu to watch okay so okay um, i'll check one of those out but i bought it uh itunes had it on sale for like the complete series for like 20 bucks one time and i just bought it uh because you know i like it uh the other uh jose uh zingaya Zun- yes zuniga Zun- uh yeah i bull. as bull like so bull was one of my favorite characters in this book um, and drummer leading up to this had some of like Bull's character traits, right? Um, but now having Bull actually on like on the show made me really excited. 
um, because he's such a cool, like no nonsense character who really more than anything is looking out for Fred. Right. Who Fred definitely needs people looking out for him right now. Yeah. I was going to say, right. And he's, yeah, he doesn't care that the Rossi and the crew, you know, have basically saved humanity and done this, that, or the other. He's yeah. Like you said, his, his main priority is Fred and I'm, I'm, I'm because I, well I like Zuniga as an mm-hmm. actor I've seen he's yeah. been in a lot of different things you know over the years, but he really has that no nonsense because he yeah when he confronts Naomi and the what's her name uh, Sakai yeah. I think that's how you say it the the new character that you're not a huge fan of so, type of station engineer it's mainly engineer. it's mainly like the baby talk voice yeah. that bothers me i like the character um i i think she's gonna be a combination of the character she is in the book and then the coding wonk that uh holden hires so in in the book so we'll <laughs> see but um but no yeah having having bull was i i think a hundred percent necessary for this season right yeah so. and i think I don't. I think I just realized I had just read it a, not too long ago that he was going to be in this because, again, I, I typically tend to steer away from, even like small spoilers for shows I like. I just kind of, from here and there. Even though we do the podcast, mm-hmm. I don't like to see too much spoilery stuff. I mean, like I still go. I still go media dark and blackout on things. Yeah, you know, so. <laughs> I like that media blackout. But. Uh, but yeah, no, but it, yes. it was, it was, it was, really I think it was cool. a couple weeks ago that I saw that he was in it or might've been a month ago. I'm not sure, but, uh, it, it's been recently mm-hmm. and it's, it was good to see him in there because I did like him as a character as well in the books. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And like you said, I know drummer had some you know characteristics of bull, but you know, she wasn't bull purposefully right. because right, she was right, a right. mix of several different characters. Yeah. And so. So that you, we definitely needed him in the show. Yes. Like early, I mean, in, in this season, I should say. But uh, yeah. And then kind of introducing um, the, the side characters to Naomi's quest with uh, sin and uh, uh, where'd her name Ka- go? Is it Carol? Carol. Yeah. Um, that was great. Sin is played by a guy named Brent Sexton, who is one of those, that guy. Um, yes. actors so you might recognize him he was in Mindhunter for a couple episodes he was in Justified for a long time he was on um, Deadwood and then he was uh, he was on this show it was on NBC and it it, um, it was called Life and it, it starred uh, Adrian or I'm sorry Damian Lewis um, about a cop who was like framed and thrown in jail uh, he didn't actually do it so when he got out like he sued and he he sued for millions of dollars and to get his detective job back at the LAPD, um, and and so Brent Sexton played his partner Bobby, um, and he was great. And so I I've really liked him ever since then. So seeing him show up on this was like oh nice. And he had the Belter accent down. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny this this season starts off. There is a lot of Belter speak going on uh, in these first few episodes, which. It was a nice change, but it, at the same time, it was it made me have to pay attention because some of their Belter accents were, s- s- you know, severely Belter. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, very Belter Lota, um, if you will. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it was it was it was a really good, really good, good, good first episode. Um, 
which was necessary, like I said, to, to get us on the path. And I think they're making the most of their their 10 episodes by, by getting us off the way, uh, the way they were. I will say out of the three, um, Exodus, Churn, and Mother, on IMDb at least, this is the lowest rated uh, at 8.6. Uh, whereas the churn is a 9.1 and mother is 9.3. So, yeah. I, and, and again, I, I, this is the only one I've watched twice or multiple times. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is the only one I watched twice too. So, so I, I mean, I'll hold off on that, but I, I think this might be again, for this moment it might be my and when i say least favorite for an episode for a show like the expanse it doesn't mean it's bad it, mm -hmm. it's still good but it just means that the other you know episodes are a little bit better right and i'm think I, that's kind of where i'm at with this one it does it does its job though it like i said it rest it gives it's a good restart to st for the season mm -hmm. for the beginning of the season it, it's kind of a checklist of where our characters are where their minds are at, what what their motivations are for the season, or right. at least their arc in the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about the show overall. And I do like about this episode. And, you know, it does a, has, does a good job introducing us to new characters like Sakai, like um, the Anaris, you know, triumvirate of Philip, Sin, and Carl. Right. And, you know, bringing Monica back and you know just and bull as well we've mentioned him earlier so it does a good job because it does a lot it does a lot because yep. it has it has a lot of characters you know these new characters reintroducing us to old characters other than our you know our quartet or would it be quintet if you count bobby yeah i think we, i think we got to go quintet with bobby or is, or is it sextet because it's avarzarala too uh but she doesn't ever go back on the rossi yeah, that's true. So, so we're just yeah, okay. Yeah, she she's not. She's she's uh she's the grandma. She's not the <laughs> she's not the she's not the matriarch, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, so but but yeah, yeah, no, it was it was it was a really good episode. It 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 did a good job telling us where where everything came from and where everything needed to go and then who the players were for this season. Um, yes. The highlights were were almost all Amos, um, and you know he had he had the scene with Abizarala on, on Luna, like we talked about. But the even better thing was when he was on the transit ship to Luna. Um, <laughs> he just like stole the whole episode with those oh, two scenes. With that story, the story he tells, just so casual, and that's the thing I love about you know Amos and the way West Chatham delivers his mm -hmm. lines. It's so matter of fact. It's so just laid back. Right. Despite the promise of violence within them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just it's like you know yeah you, know, you know what I found out I can hold my breath for two minutes and do <sighs> physical act you know uh, with <laughs> strenuous physical activity. So how much damage do you think I could do to you in two minutes for the knockout gas gets to me? Right. And I think that that a guy was too dumb to realize the shit he stepped in yeah uh you know but but to to look kind of like if they talk about in the book but like kind of in general those kind of people they don't realize what yeah. they've stepped into because they don't know yet just how bad off they are 
you don't know what you don't know. Huh? Right. Which is, so. I've, you hear you hear that a lot, and and it, it's actually you're actually that you're you're right on that. It's just you don't know until you know, and <laughs> and now you know. Yeah. Because like somebody uh, got stabbed with a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. Like crossbone set purification through pain. Right. Right. <laughs> Right, right, right. I did like though when the the police officers were or the whatever the military were like. He's like, I didn't start it, and they were alive when I left. <laughs> that <laughs> it's so funny because he sounded like you know a kid caught doing something. <laughs> it's like number one, I didn't do it. Yeah. I didn't start it, and they were yeah. I love that. that I just great. love how he delivered that line. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I I think he stole the show because again, Amos. I you know I love Holden, and we we talked about this a few weeks ago. I am. I am absolutely allowed to identify with Holden. <laughs> if you say I so. Just... <laughs> but I love Amos's. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite character yep. on the show. So, uh, yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think I think out of like five Rossies, uh, I give this one like a solid four. I, 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 I'm right about, I'm right there with you too. And, and like when, hey. when I, when I rank things, it's not compared to anything else. Like there might be a, a episode I like way more than this one that could still be a four later in the season. But for what this one did, I think it's a solid four out of five. And I think that's really important what you just said, what this one did. Uh, that's how I rank stuff. Like I look at it and say, okay, what was this episode trying to do? What was, what was its purpose? Its intention? And if it does that well, it could get the same rating as an episode, like you said, that I'd like a lot more mm-hmm. because it does. It did what it had to do. It's like you know, when they say in sports, hey, you can only play the teams on your schedule. And right. that's how I look at, you know, when I rate stuff, I don't want to rate it with, you know, I'm not looking at episode two and saying, well, I liked episode two better. So I have to give this a lower than a four. No, it's what it, what it set out to do. Did it accomplish that? And, you know go from there absolutely so I, I i would agree with the four out of five sweet all right so let's move on um this is a this is this is a a a, a really i guess touching episode of the mandalorian um in a lot of ways i i think Ooh, man okay so I, i'm just gonna kind of start so this was directed by peyton reed who directed the Ant-Man movies and Bring It On and directed the second episode of season two, which would have been chapter 10. Um, and that's the one where most people are like, this show is boring. The show is over. I'm done with this show. Um, I am not in that group. I, I thought yeah. I, I thought it was a kind of cool like horror show <laughs> yeah. um, with, with that with that episode. But I did not. And it was written by John Favreau. I did not expect this level of action from Peyton Reed. And he's a a director who has directed two MCU movies. I, when I saw his name as the director, I kind of, I kind of stepped back because you're absolutely right. Again, I, I enjoyed episode two. Yeah. I was like, are you sure credits credits? Are you, is that right? (laughs) So where's and I was like, where is the um, where's the concept art credits? <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, we're going to spoiler the shit out of this. Yes. Yes. And so I'm, if and you I'm... haven't watched it's Sunday, why haven't you watched it yet? Um, and if you haven't watched it's Sunday, you've probably been spoiled because this was spoiled 
immediately on social media immediately yes it was and so. and i it was funny because i woke up you know i was in a half slog at 7 a.m and i see your text about make sure you watch post credits and i was so half asleep i didn't even realize what you were talking about i'm like what in the heck is he talking about yeah so. and then when you said it, and i was like yay yippee <laughs> yeah i woke up at five skipped the gym watched it uh Angel came down. She took Haley to school. I'm like, all right, sit down. <laughs> Watched it again. So, uh, yes, it was um, very good, uh, I think, yes. as the kids would say. And the most important thing that came out of this episode um, was we got the return of the hero of Star Wars. And that is... That is the the one and the only uh, R two D two. Yes, absolutely. So I'm nothing there. Nothing. Go- well, one, he's my favorite character. So, um, <laughs> nothing good has ever happened in Star Wars without R two being directly involved. That, that that's pretty. I mean, think yeah, about that's, it. That's yeah. So I don't think you've told me this before, but like just kind of like going it over it in my head. Some of the things that have happened in yeah. the history of Star Wars. So, yeah. All right. So this episode opens with uh, the crew of the Slave One now uh, making their way to some random planet. Uh, and we see the gauntlet or a gauntlet, not the gauntlet, a gauntlet, Mandal- Mandalorian fighter uh, hanging out in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know. Uh, they go in, they see Bo, they see Sasha Banks, uh, whose character is Casca Reeves. Um, and you know, these Mandalorians cannot help themselves, but to just fight each other. (laughs) They, they all are a little bit lippy. They're, yeah, they're, they are, they are, they are a mouthy bunch. And, um, (laughs) what is it? Mike Tyson says, there's a lot of people online who talk like they've never been punched in the face. Well, these people talk like they've been punched in the face repeatedly and like getting punched in the face. Um, yes, (laughs) because, because Casca and Boba's interaction was hilariously just like badass. And the fact that Sasha took him to the woodshed, like the little bitch boy that Boba Fett is, um, made perfect sense. Okay. One, she didn't take him <laughs> to the woodshed. I knew <laughs> you're like, you would be perfect for a Mandalorian. Cause you're, you're lippy yourself, man. Yeah. And I've been punched in the <laughs> you're, face. You're, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I, I, I did tell that in one of these workshops I had, I was like, this is why I think everyone should at least be punched in the face once. And some of these people that I, thankfully I don't work with, they probably looked at me like, what is his problem? What is it's wrong like, with this man? Yeah. I know. Honestly, I think people should because they would understand violence a little bit more. Most people don't really understand violence. Yeah. Um, but so. no, it, it was it was a great back and forth. And then yeah. Bo-Katan starts laying into Boba about the armor. Uh, yeah. And she 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 tells him he's he's a disgrace to the armor or i forget the exact word she used but then then she she, he says this was my father's armor and she goes don't you mean that you donor and i like lost it if i had been drinking something i would have spit it everywhere which if you want to get technical even if it was his father his father's a donor as well so i mean she meant it as a as a as a uh slight yeah which 
yeah but so, i love she's like i've heard your voice thousands of times mm-hmm. but, and he's like well this might be the last this, one you hear this, this might be the last <laughs> that's great <laughs> like i love tamara morrison he's so good he's just so good in everything that he does um if you guys really want to see like him in an awesome role go watch uh the prequel season of um spartacus where he's the the original doctor uh, yes because yeah <laughs> i think i need to rewatch that uh, it's been a while since i i rewatched spartacus. it not too long ago it's so good oh i love spartacus i love that show the, the, oh let me rephrase that uh once you get past the first like three and a half episodes of the yeah. first season then it's so good um they kind of went like full steven s tonight for the first three episodes and <laughs> yeah um so no, so they talk, they they talk it out. I do like how Bo Katan was like, if we showed, if we had shown half this spine, the imps never would have uh, taken Mandalore from us. And then I liked how Bo was like, Mandalore's glass. What do you guys want with Mandalore? Shut up, leave Mandalore alone. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, they so they they come up with a plan to go get Doctor Pershing, the cloner. Um, another great scene. Uh, it shows. It shows the dichotomy of the Remnant Empire uh, so well because you had the pilot who was a believer in the cause and you had the navigator who was like, I'm not with him. Yeah. I'm not with him. He gets a shot into the back of the head for his trouble. And and did you like how when he went, he went down, he like kind of whimpered like a little girl. (laughs) Um, He was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) it was like one of those little Antifa soy boys. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway uh but yeah so so that i mean it was uh that was a great scene too between the pilot and cara dune where he's like i was on oh, the that de- was... he was like i was on the death star and she's like which one and he's like blowing up alderaan was killing a bunch of terrorists it was all worth but it he he actually mentioned something that we've joked about here and there like between us and i know other, other well, well it's a Wars. joke from Clo- clerks it's a joke from clerks is what it is 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 the basis of what that what his statement was yeah oh no i'm yeah i'm and again i i don't know if i can't remember if i've seen i've seen clerks or not so but i've always thought this like how many people were on the death star when yeah it, when it just got so he blown he, he makes a comment about how millions of people died on the two between the two death stars and randall and clerks uh makes a really good point that the rebels aren't quite so good because they killed everybody on the two death stars and on the second one, it was still under construction. So there were contractors and construction people. And, you know, and then, um, you know, uh, Dante's like, well, you know, they knew the risks. He's like, they're just trying. And Randall's like, they're just trying to feed their families, man. They're they're You know, it doesn't matter what they're getting. And they don't need to know what they're getting into. They just are trying to get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. So it, it's funny you say that because last episode showed a different perspective from the stormtroopers when, you know, when they yeah. saved Mayfield. And oh, Mando. yeah. So I, I kind of like those those taking a different point of it's kind of like when we talk about Cobra Kai, for example, mm-hmm. it's given us another side because there for the most part, most things, most confrontations have two sides to it. Oh, yeah. So. And just seeing the other side of it might not change your opinion, but it, it'll give you more of an appreciation or make you give you more food for thought about mm-hmm. you know what the other side is thinking and again that's what people don't realize just because i understand something doesn't mean i have to agree with it or you know in the sense of i can get where you're coming from even if i don't agree with you right uh but that did not stop caradun from shooting him in the face 
close casket. That's that's what I thought when um when that happened to him. And, yeah. Yeah, his mom's his mom's not gonna recognize him. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, man. Tell, when you're talking to now, like, uh, and it was also nice to talk about the little the rebel teardrop for Alderaan. Yes, like, right. Uh, I don't know if I remember seeing that or hearing that, but that that was a mark of Alderanians uh, who survived and were in the rebellion. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. So, but you, I thought you would that know, was, you would definitely know yeah. more about that side than I would. Um, so I thought that was great. And then they they have their plan of attack, uh, which they they planned in the bar on the back of a napkin, um, <laughs> you know. And, I, and oh, sorry. I did li- like in that scene how Bo Katan just takes over in the sense of because she's you know she's the strategist and she's like, okay, we're doing this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Mando's like, what about me? Well, we'll be debate, and then you know yeah. you sneak in from from the back and we're get the, the distraction. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I really like that. Be- and again, I love Katie Sack. I've always oh, loved her. She's so great. She's so, yeah. so great. Uh, I'm super excited that they made the figure of her and that we were both ordered to, able to pre-order. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, so she makes the point with foreshadowing that she's got to take on Gideon. Um, yes. And, and so we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we're going to put that in our back pocket and we'll come back to that. So they, they, they jump through hyperspace there's the the lambda shuttle. They left the gauntlet back on the in front in the bar parking lot. Um, some space cops gonna come and like mark it and try and pull them over for a DUI when they leave later, because um, <laughs> it's been there for so long. But <laughs> anyway, but they're going through hyperspace and they they come out and Boba pretends to attack them in Slave One and Boba's in Slave One by himself and it's Frenic and Casca uh, and Caradun. In both Bo-Katan and and Dinjarin in the Lambda shuttle, uh, what happened to Doctor Pershing? Did they just leave him like tied up in 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 the in the belly of Slave One? Yeah, I don't. Because we never saw I him again know. for the rest of the episode. No. I'm, I'm like, where did where did he go? He's a cloner. You might want to keep him around. He could probably grow you extra parts. Like, oh, you need a new liver? <laughs> here, let me just here give me some cells. Let me let me whip one of those up for you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, don't and, you think that's a good friend to have? Someone who could clone bits oh, of you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe Finnick wouldn't have been, be, um, you know, part droid if he was around earlier. Right. She could have cloned, cloned him. In, uh, he she could have had her, that small you know, intestine. New, yeah. <laughs> a new, whole new digestive tract. Here you go. Enjoy <laughs> the spicy sand. But also, you know, it was funny because when you see, you know, Bo-Katan and, you know, Sasha Banks. What, what's her name again? Her uh, character, uh, Casca Reeves, but Casca yeah. Reeves. Her real name is Mercedes I, uh, Vernado. Um, so, but when I saw Bo Katan <laughs> and Casca, I'm thinking, where's Axe Woves at, man? Yeah, well, he wasn't even at the bar with him. I think, I think, no, he, he wasn't. He might, he might like be on a program where he wasn't like, you know, he he doesn't go to bars. Um, so he missed <laughs> out. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like Amos um, in season three. Did I miss it? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's in a he's in a, a twelve jetpack program. <laughs> twelve jetpack. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a sec. But um, you know, so they go, and I don't think we've ever seen Tie Fighters launched out of the tube, um, Viper style, before. No, I don't. I don't believe that was my first thought too. And that was freaking awesome. Like yes. I kind of loved it every second of it. I love Tie Fighters. Um, 
So, but they then they're like, no, we're coming in for a landing. And they just go right into it. And the one guy was like, hold on, stops everything. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's the smart guy. Notice he's the first one they killed. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, you kill the smart one first. Like, it's um like Mel Gibson in The Patriot, where they, at the beginning of every battle, they kill all the officers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a good movie. That's a really good movie. Really um, good movie. But yeah, so that was a great scene um, as they're they're kind of making their way through the belly of the uh, the light cruiser. Um, and then they get to this ramp area that uh, it's just a ramp. But then there's just a force field underneath it, keeping space Which is out. a weird design. I was like, this is a design error. Um, this is a massive flaw. Uh and, and you know what it what it did is it served the purpose of Kara and and Frenick, you know, making that that stand on the bridge, and then it let Casca and Bo f- loop up from underneath with the jetpacks and take out the stormtroopers. It was yeah. literally that scene that or that design was literally there just for us to see a cool special effect. Yes. A hundred percent. Absolutely. And I did like how the stormtrooper fell into space and how he was falling really fast. And then he went through the force field and just kind of was like slowly <laughs> floated away. <laughs> well, cause you yeah. have to think as he was falling, like he hit the, the force field and that, that stopped his momentum essentially. And so when he came out, actually he's probably not even moving very much at all. The ship was just moving away from him. Um, right. Because space. And in physics, physics. Um, but that was really that was really cool. I really really enjoyed that bit uh, of it, and it kind of made the whole. Well, we're gonna have a giant hole in the middle of the bottom of the ship. Um, worth it. Yeah, I yeah I, I just can't get with some of the uh, design flaws. So I have seen a little bit of pushback on this scene about how it was kind of like a girl power scene, um, and how. I saw people comparing it to that that scene that essentially stopped in Game Dead, um, with the A Force stuff. Yeah, I Jeez. did not even like it. Did not even register that it was just four women going through and kicking ass until the second time through watching it, and okay, so, because it was okay, so organic. Okay, yeah. So for me, I would liken this more to the scene in Infinity War with when Black Widow and Okoye come to Wanda's rescue. Yeah. Organic. Sure. Now, I absolutely noticed it because, again, only because the first thing I saw when uh, in, in the cantina is, I was like, where's Axe Wolves at? Yeah. I didn't care. That, so that's the only reason I noticed it. But it did not take me out of it like no. uh, Endgame. Endgame, ab- that scene absolutely took me out of the moment. It stopped the movie. It did not. It kind of ruined the, only, the end of the movie. Yeah. The only thing I was thinking in this, I was like, Man, these they are badass. Yeah. That's and but that's how you do it. It it you know the, the story itself led up to this right. in a natural way. Yeah, and and I'll be honest, like I didn't worry about Axe because I was like I'd have been more concerned if uh, Costco wouldn't have been there because yeah, oh absolutely, because Abs- I it's, undying it, love I for think, Sasha Banks. <laughs> well, uh, other than that, it just seems like she was more kind of more. Not buddy, buddy, but like more of the right hand lady. Yeah, she of is. She Bo is. Katan. She is Bo Katan's um, right hand night owl. So yes. So um, which is that's I, what I they're re- called, the night owls, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, which so, coincidentally, my friend Rob, 
uh, his band, which it's just him, but it's called Night Owl, which, you know, always makes me laugh. Um, every time I see it. <laughs> so anyway, so they, they, the ladies do their thing. They make their way to the bridge and immediately get there and kill everybody. Just, <laughs> just no, like, you know, savages. Um, yes. Yeah, savages as, as Gideon calls them. Um, and so then we get Mando like kind of interspersed with this, making his trip to, to the, to the detention cells, um, on the detention level. There's no problems. There's no problems here. We're all under control. Just a reactor leak. Um, <laughs> It was a boring conversation. How are you anyway? <laughs> um, but so he 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 has to he has to neutralize the 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 um the, the dark, dark troopers. troopers first, and wow, what a cool scene! Um, he he was that he sure took like his Terminator? time getting there. Uh, oh yeah, it was very much like Absol- Terminator. He did not run nearly as much as I thought he should be running. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even a, a brisk walk. He no. Was- he didn't, so. And honestly, you know what he really could have done because he actually had it on him this time is he could have just jetpacked jet through the hallways and like nobody would have been able to catch him. Plus, he's in full best car. So, you know, he's essentially so immune. Yeah. yeah. So you go, you stop it, you you space them and, you know, you you get on with your mission. Um, but that was such a cool scene watching. Like, I thought maybe it was going to really hurt him or kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and. That might have been wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, but it was really real. It was a really cool thing. Um, I really liked when he lit it on fire. That's when I thought Terminator. Because like, that's... it got mad. And uh, yeah. like, I feel like it went uh, like it went against its programming because it's like you are you have you have a superior tactical advantage here. You're stronger and you're immune to anything that he can do to you. Why not just keep punching him in the face until that Beskar helmet folds in on itself um, and you crush his or head just, like the mountain crushes, did or, to him? <laughs> right? That is such an apropos comparison, I mean, especially when you talk about the spear. Wouldn't this yeah, have been spear, great yeah. to, to see Dindran's head, his lumpy, stupid head, get crushed in like, like on Game of Thrones? It would have been like completely poetic. That's not in the script. I know. Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, this was a great thing uh, scene. But then the dark trooper like tosses him away, and it's like, okay, it's time to take out the spear, dude. The gun doesn't work. The best car spear goes through anything, um, and he makes pretty short work of him. And then he is able to space the uh, the remaining dark troopers. Um, Which I got, I have to say the the CG on these dark troopers was so well done. Or I don't know if they had somebody. In, no, I think it was. I think it must. I think there was probably some like partly real stuff, mostly CG. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked and acted and walked a lot like the Cylons from BSG. Yes, um, they did. I saw people comparing them to the 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 guard robots on the Black Hole, um, movie from from Disney back oh, in the the eighties. So talk about time warp right there. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought they looked great. I thought it was really cool. Uh, and then, you know, he, he then goes and meets up with, uh, well, he goes to save Grogu. And at this point we haven't seen Moff Gideon since the boarding party happened. Uh, he walks in and Gideon's just holding the lightsaber, just light, light, lightsaber, the dark saber, uh, really close to Grogu's head. 
How long do you think he was standing there just holding it? Like, he's like, oh, my God, is someone going to come save this little bastard or what? <laughs> or did he, like, ignite it as the door was opening? Yeah, I, I'd like to think he was just, you know, holding it there, talking and, to Grogu the and, whole time. And and did 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 he know that he was going to be able to unlock the door? Or did he expect he was, like, going to knock and be like, hey, can somebody let me in? <laughs> I, I'm just the like it, these are like legit questions I had when so, I was watching, and this is this is not even nitpicking. This is just like weird place where my brain goes. Yeah, that's kind of like I do the same thing for other things too. For you know, just questions that most people wouldn't think about. Yeah, and it's not it's not nitpicking like oh man, this is silly or it, it is a legitimate question <laughs> that pops into our weird ass brains. Correct, that is correct, sir. Um, so yeah, but so. He tells Gideon, he's like, look, you can keep your stupid sword. You can actually leave. I just want the kid. I just want Grogu. And, I, you know, I feel like they really missed an opportunity for him to walk in and go, Grogu? And Grogu go, Roo? you know, like, I feel like that was a, a huge missed opportunity um, to to see that one last time. Um, but so Gideon's like, oh, OK, yeah, sure. You can take him. I'm just going to I'm just going to fuck right off. I'm and, just going to be over here while you take the kid. And the second his back's to him, he tries to slice him with the Darksaber. And it's like, he's wearing Beskar. Do you people, you, you, you just said you know everything, right? Yeah. You just right. told, you told Din, just assume I know everything. So how about you take that sword, you turn it on its side, and you stick him in between where the Beskar armor is. I know. I <laughs> Like he's this tactical genius, but he's just a hack and slash dude. <laughs> like he's a button yeah, masher. He was a button masher. Yeah. That was his fighting style, button mashing. Um Yeah. I love that fight. Though. That was The fight was great. It was great. Yeah. Um and again, it took it took Din way too long to get the spear out. Yeah. Dude, you you, you know and well What about Well, I I'm a, I'm thinking just thinking back, you know, this is another question that popped into my head like I know he his little whistling What's that called again? The whistling birds? Or yeah, whistling birds. Yeah. Those were depleted, but I don't think his flamethrower was. No. Uh, the flamethrower might have been crushed when the um, so. when the dark trooper grabbed his arm, because that was the other arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's um, true. Who knows? But, but anyway, did, it I, was an awesome yeah, I, fight. Yes. And I'd love the, and we, you know, you mentioned oh, this sound. earlier when oh, we first the started. That's so beautiful. Yes. So. The, the, like the, the um, audio cues in this, not just from a soundtrack perspective, but from you know just the sound effects themselves, were great. That ding, yes. ding, yep, ding. yeah, and and it sounded different than Ahsoka's lightsabers because the dark saber has a different vibration, and yeah, yeah, that's. I really love the action in this episode, which goes back again to. Just kind of, kind of, again, thinking about Peyton Reed and, you know, what he's done. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the, the two Ant-Man movies, Absolutely. the Ant-Man movie. And I enjoyed the second episode. But this action he, that he directed mm-hmm. in this episode was fantastic. So, yeah, so they fight it out. Uh, Den gets the best of him, uh, actually disarms him from, from the Darksaber. And so I think this is why they showed Ahsoka fighting the Magistrate back in the Jedi because they needed to show that this, this spear could hold up to anything. Um, the really cool thing was when the dark saber would be on the spear for a while, watching it get red hot. 
I love. I really like that. And detail. it's like, would it, could he eventually cut through it? I wonder. Um. So it was. It was yeah, just. Uh, just the thought. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was kind of showing the difference between the dark saber and a regular lightsaber, or just a cool effect. Yeah. All right. So then they um they end up on the bridge. Um. Din walks in with the with the dark saber lit up for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if it was because he's like, here, just go, or I'm going to cut you in half. Um. But he's got he's got Grogu. He's got the dark saber. He's you know. Uh, he walks in, and the look on Bo Katan slash Katie Sackhoff's face was what happened. Yeah, amazing. She was like, "Yes, all of this was for nothing." Yeah, and even the going back to the scene when Gideon's on the ground and he's like, "You're sparing my life." Oh yeah, and he's like, "This ought this ought to be interesting." <laughs> this will be interesting, yeah, because he he knows yeah. what's going to happen when they get to the bridge. So, well, because then he he explains what the dark saber is, right? He gave he gave right. a history lesson for everybody who hasn't watched Rebels or Clone Wars. So, um, the dark saber is is the um, it's kind of like the Elder Wand from Harry Potter. Uh, whoever defeats whoever they get to keep it and then it shows that they have the power to rule mandalore um it doesn't bestow you with any magic powers or anything like that uh but so yeah and and so when they walk in and and she's like um how'd you get that (laughs) he's like i I beat him uh and he's like she's like well um i told you i wanted them and he's like well here just take it all right and so this is the thing that bothers me this is my biggest nitpick of the entire episode. In Rebels, Sabine Wren Sabine. finds the Darksaber. Or, no, I'm sorry. Sabine Wren is given the Darksaber after Ezra and Kanan find it. They teach her how to use it. She fights Gar Saxon and, de- and defeats him with it. Um, or who Gar Saxon has it. And then she just hands it to Bo-Katan. Hands it to her. And Bo-Katan raises it up like she did something. And now she's in charge of Mandalore. Din Djarin yeah, I... doesn't want it. And he's like, here you go. Take it. And she looks like he's handing her the a, a, a puddle full of cancer to eat. Yeah. Wow. That is, that's as visually spectacular. Right? Um, like it wow. is like a puddle of AIDS. Go ahead and eat it. And she's like, <laughs> ah, no, thank you. Uh, so I got to kill you now. <laughs> So I've only seen Rebels once, like all the way through. Yeah, and I and I was I I was kind of warring with myself because that's what I thought. I'm thinking, didn't Sabine give her that Just dark gave it saber? To her. But Just I could gave it to her. Yeah, I couldn't remember if there were details I was forgetting. So I, I that was in the back of my mind when they, that whole confrontation happened. Well, I mean, she is because, the heir to the Mandalorian throne because her sister mm-hmm. Sabine was the the prime minister or whatever uh, president. Um, so, you know, queen. So she, she, I mean, she actually has like a blood tie. So like, I think if she just took it, like nobody's going to care. You yeah. Know, they're like, cool. We don't, we don't want this family to be in charge of us. He's a cultist. Yeah. You know, he's a cultist who doesn't even stand by his cult rules anymore. Yeah. He's broken like, it twice yeah. in two episodes. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do with that? And he's got a lumpy face. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, so, all right. So, you know, things start to go down. The a platoon of dark troopers show up from space because they can fly. Because they can fly, which was we knew this. 
Yeah. Like, did they expect them to just go out in space and be like, all right, well, I'm at full power. I might as well just shut down now. Yeah. Here was my other question. Why not? Okay. So, like, I have a one wheel, right? Like, battery maintenance. Like, it's unplugged right now. It'll be, I'll plug it in at some point next week, charge it up to like 80%, unplug it um, because I can't go ride it in the snow. Um, Why are they letting them charge all the way down? Yeah. Like, keep them at like half charge. And I know they're like, oh, well, it's too much power to keep them charged. Great. You charge them up half. You leave it. It gets to a point. Charge it back up so they're always at half. So then when you do need them, it takes half the time to charge them. Not, yeah. you know, it takes 30 seconds instead of four minutes. Yes. That's. I, I, I found again, that to be a, a tactical uh, faux pas. There are, again, <laughs> there's quite a few tactical and uh, logistical design. Yeah issues i would say with uh, the imperials maybe yes. that's why they yeah maybe lost the... so. all right so so the uh the dark troopers storm the ship um they're they're busting through the um the blast doors which was a really cool scene by the way uh, although why were there only two you know you had room for a couple more up there and why were they yeah. only using one hand? Why weren't they not doing like rock 'em sock 'em Oh they were they were they were, uh, they were so. um they were kind of going back and forth, yeah, left, but right, like left, they, like right. I feel like they could have done faster. Uh, they probably oh, yeah. could have. They could have made short work of that. But then I we get. They, oh, sorry. I was about to say. I think they, you know, they kind of liked the uh, anticipation, so they were. Yeah. I, you know, we don't know how much they think or whatever, but kind of like when you were talking about the one getting mad. Yeah. They they said. Ooh, oh, they're you know, they're we're, playing we're, with their food. They're kind of like yeah. anticipating the kill and enjoying <laughs> it. I like it. We're um, coming. You can't stop us. So, so they're there, and then the the klaxon, the the proximity alarm goes off, and you you see this little X wing just fly right by, and Caradun goes, "Great, a single X wing. We're saved." <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing that you were saved. Well, yeah, they had no idea. Um, so then that is when things get sequel erasy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to beat around the bush. It's Luke Skywalker. He's fucking awesome. This is the Luke Skywalker from the EU. This is peak Luke Skywalker at his at his prime with skill and 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 power. Um, yes. You know, it's he's his been rogue one moment. He's been running around for like yeah, exactly. He's been running around the galaxy for like six years, getting better at the force every day. Um, not worried about the power converters at Tashi Station anymore, and just doing what Jedi's do. And he, he boards this ship and he just cuts through these things literally like butter. Um, but more importantly, it's really cool watching him switch between Yoda's style, his dad's style and Obi-Wan's style as he's fighting these droids and then using the push, pull and crush force powers. And you know we've only seen the crush powers used twice in 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 Star Wars and never in the movies. Uh, the first time was in uh, Tartoski's uh, Clone Wars when Anakin crushed one of the Banking Clan guys, and then again at the end of the that Clone Wars when uh, Mace Windu crushed um, General Grievous's insides. To uh, that's why he was asthmatic in in Episode Three. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't gotten there. And so when like, he crushes, when he cru- when he crushes, so that's that's not the same Clone Wars as as the the Disney or as the Cartoon. Well, it was a Cartoon Network one, but it's a different Clone Wars. I'll let you borrow the DVDs if if you want to watch them. Oh, I know which one you're talking oh, okay. about. Yeah, I um, when that there's was actually on. a YouTube yeah. channel that has like the whole like two hours on there. Um, but I don't have the link. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was so cool watching him go through and fight. Um, and then he, he steps out of the mist <laughs> with the green lightsaber, just looking like a total badass. And he pulls the hood back. And this is when we actually know it's Luke. I mean, you can see the belt buckle. Um, yeah, you know, he was in his return glove. of the Jedi garb. You could see yeah. his actual lightsaber, um, not just a green one. You can see the hilt. Um, and it was the deep fake version. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm fine with this. Mark Hamill got the screen credit for it. Uh, he was the voice. Although I feel like so they went and got the they have the rights to Mark Hamill's likeness for this stuff. So I don't know if Mark actually read the lines, or if he if it was just cut up from audio from previous things. It honestly, felt, and I don't know. And again, I don't know if it was because it, there was a there. It was kind of like a an issue between his face and the lines being spoken it, they just didn't jo- didn't vibe okay. correctly they didn't line up so when he opened his mouth he didn't have any teeth when he talked you never saw any teeth yeah uh and then he didn't blink yeah and i one of the things in watching especially the second time because the first time honestly i was a little bit just kind of like shell shocked with all the feels going on watching you know mm-hmm. luke at his peak so the second time i was able to kind of like distance myself and critically watch it and i really wish they would have shown less of his face they 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 didn't zoom in but they showed him too much see i think they had to and i yeah i i I, here's the thing is this is a tv budget it's not like a a big production budget um this was better than the faces in the rise of skywalker this was oh, not absolutely this was not as good as the faces in rogue one no it was not um and i feel like what they did was they took the battlefront 2 face of luke and, and used okay. that as the uh the map for the deep fake yeah and yeah they absolutely needed to show his face what i'm saying is and I don't know if it, it still would it still would have been as disconcerting to someone like me who watches for stuff like that. So, again, some people aren't going to be bothered by it. Um, and when I first watched it, I really wasn't bothered by it either. Yeah. It's so just like on a rewatch. If I'm you like, eh. if you look up Max Lloyd Jones, um, he was the double. Um, he did. He did all the the fighting and everything, um, okay. which was great. But he kind of looks like Mark Hamill, not, but he's like young looking too. Um, I mean, he's not like Sebastian Stan looking like Mark Hamill, but you know, still. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they just use Sebastian Stan? Well, that guy's busy making Winter Soldier and in, in the or Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So you know, I get that. Um, I wish I kind of wish they would have recast a little bit. There's just that yeah. little bit of me. Of course, having Mark who, you know, we definitely have our issues with Mark as a person, but having Mark back as Luke is is 
in in about four minutes, two minutes of screen time, they went through and they told a better story than we got in six to eight hours of movies. How sad is that? It's su- well, you know, it just shows it just side, shows that yeah. when you actually know what the know what Star Wars is, you can make cool shit with Star Wars. Yeah, plain and simple. When you when you hire people who have never watched Star Wars who have never experienced Star Wars, who decide that they want to make a movie that's going to make half of the people mad, that's when you ruin Star Wars. And then when you don't have a plan for how you're going to tell your story, that's how you ruin Star Wars. That's how you ruin anything. And, and yeah. you know, let's, let me step back. That's how you ruin any IP, not just Star Wars. Yes. So I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, I didn't cry like I like I actually went and watched a bunch of reaction videos and, and dudes were straight up crying and it's awesome. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, it definitely got dusty. Um, there were some allergies happening, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's uh, how I was. I was actually more excited when my boy showed up and um, when R2 shows up. And so Luke's telling Den like, you know, Gro- Grogu needs to decide he needs you needs you to give him permission to come with me. And he gives him the permission. He goes and Grogu's like, I don't know if I want to go with this guy. He's dressed all in black. He's like, you know, he just killed a bunch of troopers. Uh, I just watched him using the force way better than I can. But then R2 pops up and he's like, R2's like, what's up, buddy? Oh, my God. I haven't seen you in forever, Grogu. What's going on? Where have you been? Yeah. And they know each other. They absolutely know each other. Because you know who spent a ton of time at the Jedi Temple? R2-D2. R2. Yes. You know, you know, you know who was everybody's go to if they had a problem to solve or needed something fixed? R2D2. Yeah. And so if someone needed saving, you know who they went to? R2D2. Plans for the Death Star? R2D2. Uh, You know, uh, you know, working with the lift to to get Obi Wan and and Anakin out of General Grievous's ship? (laughs) R2D2. So fighting off bus droids so Anakin can land on said ship and kill Count Dooku and save the save uh, the the Emperor R2-D2 getting Luke his lightsaber on Jabba's skiff R2-D2 man we're going to need to make a shirt with this all this stuff on it dude it it, it would have to be like a blanket like there's just so much that he's done because you got to go look you got to go look through like all of star wars history not just uh the movies but the the shows and the comics like he's badass yeah he is the proverbial man yeah to to your point about luke showing up there was a geek moment for me i will say i got it definitely got dusty when danger takes his helmet off yeah that was sweet. I will say this, and again, I understand why they needed to do it in the previous episode, but if he would have, this would have been the first time we saw his helmet since the end of season one, the season one finale. Yeah. I think it would have been even a better payoff mm-hmm. for me. But again, I, I understand from a narrative perspective yeah. why they end up doing what they did. Well, they, they didn't did have to do episode. that from a narrative they perspective last to. time. So No, they no, they really didn't. Now I'm thinking, they could have done but. something else, but... I understand too. Yeah. I just wish this would have been the first time he would have taken his helmet off since in, in front, front of, of anybody. Person. Yeah. In front of a yes. person. I wish like, that that's what I, that would have been even more poignant for me and it would hit, it would have hit harder, but I yes. still liked it. And then, yeah. you know, Grogu's little 
little claws just like you know touching his face like dude just you need to shave do the magic magic fingers baby <laughs> so so they go turbo lift closes fade to black um and then we get a different song from the end uh and then no concept art and then as you go through it comes up and we're all of a sudden on tatooine and we're looking at Jabba's palace and then we come inside Jabba's palace and we find bib fortuna is alive yeah he's been eating a lot of um he's getting his Jabba on if you will yes uh interesting thing Matthew Wood was playing Bib Fortuna. Matthew Wood was the voice of General Grievous during the Clone Wars. Um, just uh, people may not know that. Uh, yeah, so then uh, Frenick and comes through and does what she does and kills every... She goes medieval and kills every last in the room. Um, <laughs> you know, she gets Except her... Mar- no substitute. She gets her Marcellus Wallace on. And, yeah. uh, you know... They come in and, and Bib Fortuna's like, Boba, you're alive. I didn't know you were alive. Hey, you know, I heard some things. And Boba doesn't even, like, bother with him and just shoots him, dumps him off the throne, sits on Jabba's throne. Uh, Frenick sits down drinking some sort of blue alcohol with, like, a badass. Um, and then it cuts to black, and it says, The Book of Boba Fett, coming December 2021. That was amazing. <sighs> this is like like Favreau and Filoni this season did so much. Least of all, they made me actually like Boba Fett. <laughs> like he's not in my favorite character arc or anything like that. Uh, I do love the look. I like the black underneath the armor. I like the little like skirt thing, like you know the robe. Um, I really liked him in this with the armor over the the Tuscan Raider robes. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> Um, but he looked like a badass for sure. Um, but that scene is great. That is just an awesome like thing. And I think if it's not the thumbnail, I definitely considered it for the thumbnail for this episode. Um, <laughs> cause I grabbed the screenshot of it, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really cool to see. And I think, I think we're not going to find out what happens with Din Djarin and crew for at least two years. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about, and and again, there are a lot of questions of where, where, you know, to, uh, to go to the Buffy musical, where do we go from here? It's because they said the Mandalorian was going to be premiering in December of 2021. No, 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 no. She said the next Disney show the next Star Wars series was going to premiere in 2021. She didn't well, say I the th- Mandalorian. I went back well, and I listened. They... No, I okay. went back and listened. Okay. She said the next Star Wars show will premiere on Christmas of 2021. So 53 weeks. Um, and they meant, and they meant like it doesn't have to be new or just like Star Wars period. So here, here's my thought is it's called the book of Boba Fett. These have been mm-hmm. chapters one through 16. So yes. chapters 17 through whatever are going to be the book of Boba Fett, and then they'll go back. I don't think they're going to do two concurrent Mandalorian-type series at the same time. And and that's my thought, too, is because I was thinking, because I automatically, for for a few minutes, I said, oh, they're doing the Mandalorian and then this one. And then then I was like, that doesn't really make sense to me. I, I don't, 
doing two shows like this, like you said, concurrently, it, I don't think that's the best use of your resources. So I, I texted you and I said, uh, the more I think about it, the less I think this will be a spinoff and it'll be chapter 17 through whatever. Uh, this is an, like, and then, so my question is, is this a new direction because of Pedro's behavior issues that we talked about? Um, cause I think then we'll go back after T-Bob, we'll go back to the Mandalorian. Um, but we've had this week, all these comments coming about, coming out from him saying like, Oh no, I didn't have any problems. I love wearing the mask. Um, <laughs> and, and, and we got like, you know, there was, there was so much smoke. There has to be some fire. And, and they said, we're taking the show in a new direction. I don't think Boba Fett was ever meant to be in this season. When did he first show up? Was that the first episode? Like he showed Marshall? up at the, at the, well, see, no, they wanted us to question. think that was him in the Marshall. And then it ended up being him, but he didn't have the arm. He didn't have his armor. Um, saving yeah. friendly. But I don't know if they meant Boba to be as big, uh, a character as he was this season. And, and it kind of turned out for the best. Um, like when Harrison Ford, uh, got broke his leg on the, on the set of the force awakens, like, they were able to go and like kind of make it end a little better, at least than what the original treatment was. So I, I just, I, I think, I think this was their contingency plan for if, okay. if yeah. they weren't able to get him back into the fold. Not a bad contingency plan. It's really not the way it turned out. Uh, it's a very dangerous gambit, but oh, absolutely. so here's yeah. what I'm hoping. I'm hoping the book of Boba Fett is like six episodes. And then they do right off of that. They do the next eight episodes of the Mandalorian starting in like March or whatever. That's kind of where I'm at too. I, I don't <sighs> want them. And I don't think they would have this, the same similar type shows, both, you know, both airing on this, you know, on a weekly basis at right. the same time. It, it doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. Right. So, like I said, it's, it's a, it would be a poor use of your resources when you could do what you just said, like have a limited series Boba Fett in, you know, six, well, it's not Boba Fett, but a limited book of Boba series, mm -hmm. of, you know, four to six episodes. I, I kind of like the six episodes, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, I think six is the right amount because he's going to yeah. be taking over the criminal uh, underworld again. And so mm -hmm. what that does is that sets up him as the or the antagonist through some of these other Star Wars out of rim shows that they're going to have. And they were supposed to, do you remember, was it last, is, I don't know if it was a couple years ago, they canceled a game that was supposed to yeah. kind of go into that underworld. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it was Coruscant underworld, but was going to explore the under criminal underworld. Right. And, you know, they, we saw some of this stuff with the whole criminal aspect from what solo. Right, right, right. But so, It'll be interesting to see where they go with, from here with this. I really hope they do that, though. You know, just have that limited series and then kick off with the Mandalorian a couple mo a month or so after that ends. Yeah. So because Disney needs to have more stuff. Um, yes. Just in general, and I think having those two series run kind of close together makes a little sense. Um, I don't think they need to do like fifty-two weeks of Star Wars shows. But no. they should definitely probably do about 30. Yeah. So, anyway. I, I would be fine with that. I mean, 
if you do 30 episodes of Star Wars in a year, spread across <laughs> six different series or three different series a year, that's, you know, a minimum of five episodes a se- or uh, 10 episodes a season. Yes. So, you know, they do eight episodes. They could do three full seasons of eight and then a crossover of four, you know, crossover of six, something like that. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. That's just my thought. Uh, I, on a whole, this was a great season. Um, this is, is definitely five R2D2s out of five R2D2s for this episode. (laughs) Um, I absolutely love this season. This season was great. It told a, it, it told an amazing story. Yeah, and it was one of those. There were it seemed like there were more standalones last season, which again I really enjoyed last season. But the like you said, the telling the story and ramping, especially the second half of the season, continued to ramp up. And sometimes that's hard to do, where where you ramp up the stakes, but maintain that same quality, that same sense of urgency, and the second half of the season did that. Yep. So well. I loved it. And yeah, this is five R2 beeps out of five. I I do kind of feel like some of this season was like, Hey, let's set up the expanded universe. Um, Oh, absolutely. But they did that and told a cool story at the same time. So yes. Thank you to Filoni. Thank you to Favreau. Thank you to, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Rick Fukuyama. Um, Peyton Reed, Robert Rodriguez, Dave, Dave Filoni again. Um, you know, it was, it, it was, effort. it was a team. It absolutely was. And, you know, uh, the, they're doing another Star Wars gallery series that starts on Christmas. Um, you know, one, a new one each week, uh, going behind the scenes for this season too. So. Yeah, I need to, I need to finish watching the one on season from season one. Although I, I, Man, I re- I'm really interested in this one though, in season two more than season one. Dude, you gotta watch the season one it, because like it's so cool how they how they came about all of this, and then the technology that they used to make this show is is literally gonna change the movie making industry. Oh, for, yeah. Again, it, one of the things you said is you know this doesn't have the budget of a big screen picture, but so much of this looked like it was on a big screen. Oh yeah, like like. There are many movies in Hollywood, many Black Panther, uh, that couldn't compare from a CGI perspective Wonder to Woman. this series. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. they did such a they did a fine job with this series, especially yep. this yep. season. Yep. So, so all right. On that note, my voice is about to give out. So, thank you guys for listening. We will be back midweek with um, an episode for episodes two and three on the Expanse. And then we'll be back to our our normal schedule after that. So thank you guys for listening. See you guys later. See ya. The Infest Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati, with new episodes out every Sunday. You can find more information about the show online at infamouspodcast.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at infamouspodcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcatching app. 
If you're enjoying the show, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash infamous podcast for our new tiers and rewards. The Infamous Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Brian Tudor, with music provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. You can find me on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as at Brian Tudor. So whenever you're listening to the show, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is. And we'll see you next time. Later.